and welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, I talk with some of the most creative and inspiring people that I know. From hearing about their process to what holds them back from creating, routines and rituals, to the intersection between creativity and spirituality, you'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. So honored to have you here, tuning in, listening. I want to paint the scene for you uh, before we dive into today's topic, today's solo episode. I am currently sitting on my floor recording this podcast for you. I have my notes open from a journal that I kept last year in 2021. I'm looking out at the window and I see these trees with little red, I can't tell if they're like flowers or just like little red blossoms blossoming from this tree. And I have my plant right in front of me that I've been putting out near the window to get some sunlight. And I'm still in my pajamas. It's 8.57 a.m. on Friday, April 22nd. It is Earth Day. Happy Earth Day. I'm recording this episode just a couple days before I will release it. But I got really inspired for this Earth Day to talk about something that is really important to me and really important to, you know, the themes of this podcast, of what we talk about on here. And that is creativity as a counterculture. So before I get into what that is, I want to explain like kind of where this all stemmed from and and what I've been thinking about lately. Because I've, and, and especially reflecting on Earth Day, I have really been reflecting on how disconnected we are from nature. And you know, this is not news to us. I think we know that society has evolved in this way where we are really disconnected from nature. But I'm realizing this and understanding this on a deeper level in the past couple months. I've talked a little bit on this podcast about how I recently moved to Michigan in a town with 8,000 residents. So it's a really, really small town surrounded by farms and really not a lot of people, really not a lot of things going on. You can't go out and go to restaurants or coffee shops. There's none of that here. So we're really immersed in nature in this in this new place that I'm living. And I have always, you know, loved cities, been inspired by cities, been inspired by everything going on in cities and the external things that you can do in cities, you know, going to a coffee shop and working or going out to a restaurant with friends or going to art shows and galleries and theaters and all of those kinds of things that happens in a city where people's creative minds melt together. I think that's what's so cool about a city is that it's all these different people living together, all these different people from all different walks of life. And they all mind meld together and and kind of are in this melting pot in a place, in one singular place. And that's why, you know, what I love about a city is going to eat different kinds of foods and eating foods from around the world and mixing with different people. I love that aspect of a city. However, 
a city is so man-made. A city is so unnatural. A city is so, you know, not of the earth, especially in a city, you're really disconnected from nature. And, you know, they try to create little urban parks where, you know, whatever that is, but it feels really false. It really feels disconnected from nature. So I've been thinking about this a lot recently, not only because of my move to Michigan and kind of really resenting this move to Michigan, resenting this move to the middle of nowhere and wanting to be in a city where there's people and creative people and creative things to do. And yet I find myself stuck in the middle of the United States, really in the middle and trying to grapple with these things that I'm questioning. So I had an experience last weekend where I visited Chicago for the first time. And actually tonight I'm flying to New York uh, to visit my friends and family. But when I was in Chicago, I was realizing this again, you know, you know, being connected to a city after being in the middle of nowhere for the last couple of months and really feeling this disconnect of you know, all these people together, but we're so cut off from nature. We're so cut off from our natural source. And so I had this experience last weekend when I was in Chicago, where I went to the Lincoln Park Conservatory and the Lincoln Park Zoo. And the Lincoln Park Conservatory is like this greenhouse with all these different plants from all over the world. And, you know, it's all like man-made, you know, they have the temperature in a way so these plants can grow. And I was walking around this conservatory and you see all these different tropical plants like a cacao tree, you know, cacao pods, a lemon tree, all these different beautiful plants. And these plants looked beautiful. They looked shiny and perfect. And yet, they didn't smell like anything. It was a super strange experience to be in this like bright, sunny room filled with flowers, filled with plants. You would imagine that to smell overpowering because of that like natural intoxicating scent of flowers, of trees, of plants. And it didn't smell like anything. And I would bend down to smell a particular flower and it, it smelled like nothing. And it, it also felt weird, like the, the texture of the plant didn't feel normal. And I'm looking around and I'm like, this is so wrong. Like, this is how disconnected we are from nature that in this city, you know, we're trying to create this, this world of nature, but it's so fake. It's so, it felt like so genetically modified, which I'm sure it was. And it just made me think about how disconnected we are from our natural source and how normal it is to live in a city and live in these places but not realize how disconnected we are from ourselves and because I do believe that when we are disconnected from nature we are disconnected from ourselves so I was walking around this conservatory and just feeling so like this depression came over me because it felt like, you know, even though these plants and these flowers looked beautiful, they looked like the real thing. They weren't. I could tell that they were cut off from their life source. They didn't have that natural scent. They didn't feel the same. It felt like totally like this was created in a lab. And because it was created in a lab, it didn't have life. It didn't have that life source running through it. And it felt so just fake and so empty. So I was really feeling like, oh, this is horrible. And then I went to the zoo and I haven't been to a zoo in a really long time. I mean, I haven't been like 
anywhere like that in the past couple of years because of COVID and even before that, you know, hadn't gone to a zoo. And I went to this zoo and I'm seeing all these different animals like giraffes and apes and polar bears that are not in their natural climate. And you watch them and they look so depressed. They look so miserable. They look so stuck. They look so like their life force has been taken out of them because it's not normal that they're in these cages. It's not normal that they're in the middle of Chicago when they should be in an African desert. Like it doesn't make sense. And I've really been grappling with this lately and thinking, you know, so I had that experience at this zoo and this conservatory where it just felt like this is so wrong. Something is so off here. And so it it makes all of this is to say, you know, on this Earth Day, thinking about how disconnected we are from Earth, especially as we live in cities, especially in our modern day society where we're connected to our digital screens and we're connected to technology in a way like we never have before that also feels so wrong. It feels like we are so, so disconnected from nature, from source, from ourselves, from our intuition, from God, truly, from our life source, which is God. And so no wonder we live in a society where people are feeling more isolated than ever before, where people are feeling more disconnected than ever before, where people are feeling more depressed and anxious than ever before. And so as I was thinking about all of this, and also I was listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago about uh, natural birth and just the birthing process, and I was learning more about the birth industry and was just also feeling so horrible about the birth industry because natural birth in the West, first of all, natural birth, like I, I don't even understand why are we calling it natural birth versus some other kind of birth because... I would just assume that birth is the most natural process that occurs in life. Like all of us were birthed. Um, and so we, I was listening to this podcast about how it's a little like it's not normal these days to have a totally natural, unmedicated birth. And I, I want to preface this with like if you are thinking about having an, a medicated birth or a C-section or an epidural or whatever that is. Like, you know, there is no shame. There is no judgment. I think it's just important to question why that is more normalized versus a natural and medicated birth. Like that feels like the most natural thing that us humans can do. And the fact that we've even commodified and commercialized birth is just so wrong. It's so, 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 so wrong. Um, But I want to get into kind of all these feelings that I've had recently and talking about creativity and how creativity, using creativity as a counterculture. And what I mean by that is if we look at our modern day culture where we are so disconnected, where we are not present, where we are not in our bodies, where we're in our minds, where we're constantly on our screens all day, reaching for the distraction, reaching for the phone, all of these things that I do myself, as I'm sure you do as well. Creativity is that practice to counter the culture, that fast paced hustle culture and come back to nature come back to source, come back to you. And so I want to share a journal entry. I mentioned that I have a notebook open 
by my side. And this is a journal that I kept in 2021. And I wrote this in May of 2021, so about a year ago. And it's coming back around now, which I think is really interesting. I always like to pay attention to those little things that like to come back around. And this is something that I wrote and was thinking about back then. And now it's coming back again in this context. So creativity as a counterculture, what does that mean? So we think about what creativity is, what creative, what a creative practice gives us. It's the total opposite of hustle culture. It's the total opposite of trying to produce and get results. It's the total opposite of distraction. It is dropping into yourself, dropping into the flow. So these are a couple notes that I wrote. One is taking time to process. So with our creative practice, with our creative endeavors, we need that time to process. We need that time to digest. We need that time to integrate lessons or experiences that we've had that then maybe will come some will transform into a creative act, will transform into something. So take this taking time to a process is not something that's celebrated in our culture. We demand, you know, we feel like if we text someone, they need to text us back right away. I know that I feel this pressure if someone texts me and I take a week to respond. I feel that pressure of needing to respond. I can't take a week to respond. But why can't I take a week to respond? Why can't I take all the time that I need in order to process, process really in my own way and in the way that it will take time without feeling that outside pressure. And I think we saw this a lot in the last couple of years where events would happen and people were not given time to process at all. And we were just expected to speak or give our opinion or advocate or, or whatever that was to really kind of fix or solve all these issues that were happening in our world without taking that proper necessary time that it takes to process. And this is something I'm learning too, that you know that that's on its own timeline. We can't force that timeline. Just like we cannot force nature to grow in the time that we want it to grow, it will take its time. And so I think when we're working with creativity, we have to allow time to process and we never know when it will come back around. Just like I wrote this last year and I didn't really know what would come out of it. It was just some ideas and thoughts that were percolating. And over the past year that's been digesting, my life experiences has been informing this concept, this idea. And now because of this recent experience that I've had at the zoo, at this conservatory and how disconnected we are, really coming back to this idea and now sharing it with you. So that's an example of it taking its time. And it wasn't an agenda that I had of, oh, I'm going to write this down and then record a podcast on it. And, and that will be my creative act. It's like, no, it all comes when it needs to come. So really trusting that time, trusting that process. So another, another, you know, another step of that or another note on that is with creativity, we want to respond and not react. And I think this is something we learn too in our spiritual practices, in meditation and yoga, really being aware and responding instead of reacting. When I think about my creativity and when I'm you know, teaching workshops and giving people these prompts, the prompt is to respond, it's not to react. It's to allow that natural impulse. I, and, I, and I think 
you know, even trying to discern the difference between responding and reacting is kind of hard for our minds to understand. But when I tune into my body, I can feel this difference of what it feels like to respond where this like natural organic impulse comes from of, you know, if you say this word flower, I'm going to respond naturally to the word flower. It feels like this like rising energy in my body versus reacting feels like this clamped down suppression energy. And it might feel different for you. I invite you to tune into your body and and feel what responding feels like versus reacting. But responding to me is that like inhale, that upcoming wave and reacting feels more that like crushing down. That's the visual I get. And I think in our world too, we are taught to react. We're not taught to respond. We don't have that time or that pause or that space to respond authentically. We can only react. And when we're reacting, we're mostly reacting from the way that we've been brought up to react. So different experiences that you've had in life, different traumas, different triggers that you've had, you might be reacting from that place versus the more deeper, authentic place of you, which is responding naturally. So I think in a creative practice, that's always what we aim to do, to respond instead of react. So I hope that one makes sense to you. That one's a little more body-led than mind-led. Which brings me to my next point. Creativity is body-led, heart-opened, the mind is in the backseat. So when we're we're engaging with our true creativity, we are body-led, which means sensing the whole body, using the whole body, allowing our hearts to be open, allowing ourselves to create from that open heart space. Instead of allowing the mind to be the driver, we want the mind to be in the backseat. Because we know that our mind tells these stories, our mind stops us, our mind, you know, tells us things that are not true. And that's no fault to the mind. The mind, you know, does what it needs to do. But I think we do live in a world where we operate 100% from our minds and we don't check in with the body at all. And I've really been experiencing this in my personal life where I've been working remotely online. I'm on a screen all day and I feel like I don't even remember that I have a body. And it's, it doesn't even matter if I have a body or not because I'm not using my body most of the time. I'm sitting in a chair, I'm typing on a computer, I'm looking at a screen and that feels so life draining rather than life giving. And that's when we can get really caught up in our heads and, you know, think ourselves to the ground, have these anxious thought loops. When, when we take a step back, we invite the mind to take a step back and we check in with our bodies and we notice how we feel in our bodies and we create from our bodies instead of our minds. And that's also something that I incorporate into my workshops. It's always, you know, write from the body. Don't write from the mind. So I always encourage my participants to write from the body and not from the mind. And what that really means is allowing your your body to, to take over, allowing your sensing self to take over instead of the mind. And this can be really hard because, again, we're trained to lead from that mind-led place instead of the body-led place. But creativity is a practice that allows you to 
practice leading from the body. What does that feel like? And so that can be anything. That can be writing, singing, dancing, using the body, creating from the heart, creating from that open heart. And you can do different things to get you to that place, to get you to that body-led, heart-centered place, like meditation, like yoga, like walking, whatever that is for you. But the goal is really then to listen with the whole body instead of just using our mind. Another thing that I wrote down in my notes is that everything matters and also nothing matters. <laughs> so this one is a bit of a paradox, which life is a paradox. Earth is a paradox. We live in this planet of duality. That's why we came here, I guess, as humans to experience this duality, this perspective of duality. But I find this to be true in creativity, that everything matters, everything is important, every little detail is significant, and also none of it matters. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. And I guess what I mean by that, if I were going to expand that a little bit, is everything matters. So when you're creating and you're and you're putting your heart and soul into whatever it is you're creating, I'm looking at... I recently painted this, actually, this is so applicable to this podcast, which I love, I love it when it all connects. But the other day, I, some, my therapist had said something to me like a couple months ago or a while ago. And again, it was coming back to me thinking about this, thinking about nature, thinking about how we're disconnected from nature. And she said something along the lines of, you cannot stand over a flower and demand it to grow. Nature takes its time and so do you. So I don't, I'm paraphrasing that. I don't think she said exactly that, but it was that same concept. And so that has really been like sticking with me that you cannot demand nature to grow. Nature will take its own time and so do you. So that goes back to our first point too, taking time to really process, taking time, taking space, which is not celebrated in our current culture. So I, I've been feeling this message on my heart lately and I needed to express it. And so the way I expressed it was sitting down, writing those words over a piece of paper. And then I used my watercolor paints and I drew a little flower and I've just been letting it sit on my um, floor and I've just been seeing it again and again. And it reminds me that nature takes its time and so do I. So there's no rush. There's no you know, demanding, forcing all these, this like energy that I think exists in hustle culture. It's more about slowing down and listening and connecting and allowing things to take time. And so in that example, you know, all of those little details matter, but it also doesn't matter. Like it, it's hard for me to really explain that one, I think without getting super existential, but Maybe I'll just leave it at that. Maybe that's all that it needs to be. That everything matters and nothing matters. So don't take yourself or your artistry or your creativity or anything you want to do in your life so seriously because none of it matters and also everything matters. Okay, so moving on to the next one. Is quantity not quality? Quantity not quality. So this one is an interesting one because I think I think we've been taught that maybe it really matters if we do, you know, one thing really well or, you know, we should take that time to really perfect something instead of just doing a bunch of things and and not taking that time to really focus. But I find 
And in this podcast, I've talked to several people. I remember Rukmini of Rock and Rooksy, if you follow her on Instagram, she had said this, and this is something that really resonated with me, that you know it's about that quantity, not quality. So if you're whatever medium that you like to express yourself in, it's not about the quality of what you do. It's it's how often you do it, right? It's how often you show up. So if you're a writer, it's if you're a writer, it's how often you show up to the page. If you're a singer, it's how often you use your voice. If it's if you're a painter, it's how often you show up and take care of your paintbrushes and take that time to paint. So the way that we want to get better at our art, the way that we want to practice this better is by doing it more and more. And so that's quantity, not quality. We don't want to focus on the quality because the quality truly doesn't matter. It's the quantity that matters. The quality can, you know, the quality is so subjective. So to you, it might be trash. To someone else, it might be treasure. So remembering that we just have to show up in our practice. We just have to show up and do the damn thing. So that's on quantity, not quality. My next one is living in the discomfort of not knowing. Mm, Living in the discomfort of not knowing. So this is something that is natural as humans for us to want to know. We, and this actually, there's another one underneath this called no answers, only questions. So I think these go hand in hand, living in the discomfort of not knowing and no answers, only questions. So we as humans want the answer. We want the right answer. I know I want the right answer. I want to do it right. I want to know what I'm doing and I want to do it right. But that's not how life works. And we never truly know anything. We can only be curious and ask questions. And maybe we will come to an answer that will satisfy us. And then maybe in a month or a year or however long it takes, you'll come back to that same answer and you'll have a different one. You'll have a different perspective. And that is the beauty of life, having that different perspective, having those different experiences, those different lessons, those different learnings, those different growths in your own time, not in the time that you want it to be, and coming to a different answer. And so I think That is so important to remember and to approach our creative practice with this spirit of curiosity, with this spirit of play. We're not trying to produce something. We are just asking questions. And in the process of exploring the question, that is when we will learn something about ourselves. That is when we will grow, we will find insight. In a way, we will find our own answers. And so living in the discomfort of not knowing is also getting comfortable with that liminal space, with that transitional space, with that space of knowing to not knowing and realizing that we will truly never know. So getting as comfortable as we can in the unknown, facing the unknown again and again is a true practice of being a spiritual human. And it's something I find that is true in a creative practice where you're constantly facing that unknown. You don't know what your art piece or your expression is gonna look like or how it's gonna be received. You don't know. All you can do is focus on that moment, focus on the body-led heart opening, and come at it from that place, asking your questions and allowing it to blossom and bloom as it's meant to. Another thing I wrote down is (laughs) results, question mark, No such thing, question mark. We don't produce results. There's only steps in the process. 
So that's something to remember too about life, about creativity. It's all a process. There's no results. You can't do one, you can't do the same thing over and over and expect the same result. It's going to be different every time because you are different every time. And I'll give an example of this because I have been taking an MBSR class, which MBSR is mindfulness based stress reduction. So I've been taking this class and part of the class's homework is to do a body scan every day. So that's doing this like 45 minute body scan. And it's really challenging to do this body scan every day because 45 minutes is a lot of time to carve out of your day. It takes a lot of focus and presence to be able to do this body scan. You know, I, I was just doing this body scan this morning and I only got through like 25 minutes of it. And I was like, you know what? I, I got to go. Like, I got to record this podcast. I got to pack for my trip to New York City. I got to get ready for work. I got to make breakfast. You know, my mind was taking over. And in that moment, I was like, you know what? The kindest thing for me to do right now is I'm going to pause this body scan meditation and I'm going to go record this podcast. So that's what I'm doing. But in this body scan, it's like this feeling of, we can't expect results from the body scan. We can only have steps in the process. So even today, I didn't even complete my body scan. I, you know, in a way, I did something wrong, quote unquote, but I didn't because that's part of the process. It's part of my growth. It's part of my learning. Like, okay, I'm noticing and I'm being aware that my mind was in a different place today. I have some things that I need to get done today because I'm leaving tonight and I recognize that and that's okay for today. That is this step in my process. So that's like a little example, but you can apply that to anything that you do, right? It's not about results. It's about steps in the process because the journey is never ending. If the journey is over, you leave earth, you leave life. And I believe that our soul goes on to continue the journey. You know, this is also just earth. If you're here on earth, earth is like a step in the process, but you know, you can interpret that however you'd like. So there are no results. There are only steps in the process. Another one that I want to share with you is this is something really interesting. And this is this is one where I struggle with because I think this is ways that we can get really blocked. But this one is there is no such thing as trying, only opening. There is no such thing as trying, only opening. So when we approach a creative practice, I think there can be this feeling of trying, trying to write the perfect sentence, trying to paint the perfect flower, trying to, trying to do something, but there's no such thing as trying in a creative practice. There is only opening. There is only opening that channel, opening that connection to the divine, opening that connection to yourself opening that connection to source. So how do we open? We get out of our own way and we clear the way. There has to be a clear path to have an opening. If you're, I'm imagining now like a visual of a walk in the woods and if your path is covered by trees and branches and, and bushes and you can't, you know, see that clear opening. So what you have to do is, is mindfully clear the brush so that you have that clear path so you have that clear channel and a couple of the ways that we can clear there's so many different ways we can clear one of the ways is brain dumping that's a way to clear kind of those things that are that are muddying your channel making it not clear 
So we can do brain dumping, we can walk, we can dance, we can get out of our heads, we can get into the body. Again, back to that body-led, heart-open place. We can only open. There's no trying. We can only open. So that one feels that one feels like it's difficult to do because I think we're we want to approach creativity. We want to approach life with this feeling of trying and I'm doing my best and I'm trying so hard. But that's not the energy that allows true creativity to flow. The energy that allows true creativity to flow is stepping back, is relaxing, is dropping into the heart, dropping into the body and allowing that feminine being space to lead and to take over and to allow it to take you where it wants to go. It's like floating down this river and allowing it to flow. So that's another one. And then I'm just going to wrap up with a couple of other things that I wrote down. And I won't explain these ones as much, but one is pausing, giving everything more space, which goes back to that, you know, responding instead of reacting. Another one is starting with what's what right in front of you. That's also something I teach in my workshops, really just starting with what's truly present, not needing to fix anything or change anything, but just really being present with where you're at. So I started this podcast episode with just telling you where I'm at. And I told you I'm sitting in my nightgown. I'm recording this episode. It was 8.57. Now it's 9.31. I can see my plant. I can see my window. I can see the blossoms on the trees. And that's, you know, just starting with where I was in that moment, where I was coming from, allowed me to open up this channel where now I feel like I'm speaking really freely. I feel like there's no blocks in my voice. I I don't feel like I'm judging myself. I'm just allowing it to flow within me, responding from my body like a wave. So that's a really good example of that. And I love how it's like, I'm sharing all of this about creativity with you in your practice. And I'm also experiencing it myself in this moment because sharing this message, recording this podcast is a creative act. So it's really beautiful that I can be that example for you in this moment. So another thing that I wrote down, another couple things are raw, messy, sacred, per- that it's, creativity can be raw, messy, and sacred. And that perfectionism is a word we don't understand. Ooh, that one's juicy because I honestly didn't remember that I wrote that. Perfectionism is a word we don't understand. Hmm. I'm not even sure what I totally meant by that. But I think what that could be interpreted as for for the me now, not the me I was a year ago, is that there is no such thing as perfectionism, right? There is no such thing as perfectionism. And we are taught in our culture to attain perfectionism, to attain something perfect, to attain these results, but that's not possible. So why are we striving towards something that's not possible? So there's just no no such thing as perfectionism. There's no such thing as perfect. So can we allow it to be raw? Can we allow it to be messy? Can we allow it to be sacred? This brings me back to my birth example. I think in our you know, example, I've been talking to a lot of friends right now who are pregnant. And one of them was saying how a friend was telling her like, oh yeah, you know, you want to, you know, make sure when you give birth, like get that laughing gas, like hook yourself up to that laughing gas, like get an epidural. So you don't have to feel any of that pain. But what is life without pain? We cannot hide. We cannot disguise. We cannot push down our pain. Because if we do not feel our pain, we can also not feel our joy. 
And like I said, Earth is a planet of duality. So without without pain, there is no joy. Without joy, there is no pain. We cannot have one without the other. And we're taught in our society to pretty things up, to cover things up, to not feel the pain, not even to feel the pain of childbirth, which is like the most raw, messy process, the most raw, messy pain that a person can have. And it's where we all came from. It's where literally we all came from. Why are we trying to not feel that pain when that is what takes us to those levels of joy, to those levels of bliss? We are trying to ignore the pain and reach those levels of bliss without feeling that pain. And I, and I say this with a lot of compassion because I know how hard it is to face our pain. And especially when we live in a society that does not support us in exploring our pain and feeling our pain and wants us to have these addictions in place to hide from our pain, I understand that because I live in that world too. And it's, it's really difficult, really hard, and really painful to feel our pain and to feel our grief and to feel these emotions that we'd rather not feel. We'd rather just put a smile on our face and be happy and live our best lives. But we cannot have one without the other because that's just not the way that life works. So I say that with like, you know, if you've if you've had an epidural or if you want to have an epidural, like there is no shame, there is no judgment in that. And, you know, that's a metaphor for life too. If you've been hiding from your pain, there's no shame, there's no judgment in that. It just takes awareness that we're even doing that. I think for so many years, I was hiding from my own pain. I was stuffing my own pain down because I didn't want to look at it. It was painful and scary and I didn't want to feel those feelings. But through this process of awareness that I've been doing over the last couple of years, it's really allowed me to face my pain. And it's really freaking hard to face your pain. It's really hard. And when you don't have proper support or proper tools in place, you know, you might not be able to do this. So I say that with a lot of compassion that it's like, it's not like you're doing anything wrong if you're, if you're distracting yourself from your pain. And I think in our world, we are all distracting ourselves from our pain. If we look at earth and the way that we've been treating earth, we have been distracting ourselves from earth's pain. And that is just something that we will have to reconcile within ourselves first, with our individual selves first, and then in our collective, and then in our earth. And something that Paxton always says, Paxton, my fiance, he always says, Nature will reassert itself. So it doesn't really matter how far we get disconnected from nature because everything will balance out in the end. And this is just a step in the process. And even though we seem to be at this devastating place right now where, you know, climate change and fires and temperatures and all of that stuff, and we're seeing the response that Earth has to the way that we've been living, the way that we've been treating her, and the way that we've been treating ourselves and each other, we're starting to see some of those reactions take place. And whenever I get super existential about the future of Earth and all of that stuff, I come back to that truth that nature will always reassert itself. So it kind of makes me think of everything matters and also nothing matters. Everything matters and nothing matters. 
All right, I'm going to do another couple ones because I wrote down a lot and it's taken me a while to kind of expand these. But another one is we show up exactly as we are. So that comes back to being present, showing up exactly in the moment. Another one is every corner and turn is another chance for permission. So we're constantly giving ourselves permission. And I think that's what a lot of the creative process is about is giving ourselves permission, constantly giving ourselves that permission slip that we need. So whenever we feel blocked, whenever we feel resistant, whenever we feel like we can't do something, we come back to the body and the body will always give us that permission that we need. Okay, so I will leave us with the last one. I'm just glancing over my notes here. And the very last one that I will leave us with is nothing makes sense at first. And then suddenly everything makes sense. So nothing makes sense at first. And then suddenly everything makes sense. So I experience this all the time in the creative process, all the time in the journey of being a human on earth. Nothing makes sense. Things can feel chaotic. Things can feel messy. Things can feel like nothing's in its place. And we're just confused and we're lost. And we're in this place where it's like, we don't know what's up. We don't know what's down. I've been in that space for the last couple of years. And I'm sure some of you have been too. It's been a crazy time. Nothing makes sense. And then we have that perspective suddenly where we're not trying to create this clarity. We're not trying to do anything. And then suddenly everything makes sense. Everything comes back around. And when you go through those processes, when you go through like those dark nights of the soul, nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense. And then you come back and you can't rush this process. This process will take its time, just like our flower needs its time to grow. We can't rush this process. Suddenly, everything will make sense one day. And I promise you, everything will make sense one day. So even in this example of, I wrote this list of, I titled this page, Creativity as a Counterculture, Creativity as a Practice of Countering Our Culture, of going against what our culture is, because our culture does not support this. And we're seeing really those detrimental effects of our culture not supporting this thing that really makes us be human, that really is nature, that really is natural living, that is growth, that is life, that is earth, that is spirit, that is God. Like we are living against that. So creativity is a way that we can open this channel, that we can practice this, that we can connect to ourselves. So when I wrote this list, I didn't know that a year later I would go through my own spiritual awakening journey again. I feel like this past year has been freaking crazy. It's been the hardest year of my life, honestly. And because it's been the hardest year of my life, it has also been the most beautiful. It has been the most beautiful because you cannot have pain and ugliness and sorrow without also joy and happiness and peace and love. And that is all true. It all exists within that spectrum. So if you're in a place where nothing makes sense to you, if you're listening to this podcast episode and you're like, what is she talking about? Don't worry, it'll come back when it's time to come back. It'll make sense when it needs to make sense. So just trust. And if you know something I said has really resonated with you today, if you found that truth, if you've connected to that body, that heart-led space, and you've really felt in your being, oh yes, this feeling of coming home, that is what we're doing. Like Ram Dass says, we are all walking each other home. 
We are all in this together. So as I finish recording this episode on Earth Day, April 22nd, 2022, 422 this won't come out till next week, but I just want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for walking this path with me. Thank you for walking me home. Thank you for allowing me to guide the way and to share my authentic voice and to open my creative channel and allow whatever wanted to come through to come through today. And this is what wanted to come through. So I encourage you to practice this in your creative process, in your creative practice. Remember these truths. And come back to this episode whenever you need a little bit of inspiration, whenever you do forget these, because that's the thing. We know these things, or I can write down these things. I can have this insight, and I'm going to forget them again. I'm going to be in my messy, raw process, and I'm going to forget them. I'm going to try and push and you know really want to know the answers and, and really want to be in that known space and wanting things to be perfect and wanting you know whatever I share to be received the way I want it to be received but that's just not how it works. So we can kind of acknowledge that, acknowledge that desire in ourselves, acknowledge that part of our humanness and come back to the truth. The truth that we need our time. All we need to do is respond. All we need to do is be in this moment. All we need to do is just be exactly where we're at and allow things to unfold as they're meant to. Mm, Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you for just being this receiver of these ideas and allowing it to land in whatever way it's meant to land for you. And I would so, so, so appreciate if you could leave a rating and review on this podcast, wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you could leave a rating and review, this really helps me keep going. This really helps other people find the podcast. This really helps us create this ecosystem and this community of supporting each other and it really really means a lot and it really it really means a lot so if anything has resonated within you please take two minutes to leave a rating and review send me a message if if anything resonated and you want to chat i'm always available to chat so please reach out i would love to connect with you and we will catch you next week with another episode thank you for listening thank you for being here and i love you all I hope you enjoyed that episode and thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend and tell them what inspired you. Or if you'd be so kind, you can rate and review the podcast. And when you do, I would love to gift you my free guided writing meditation that will connect you to your creativity, yourself, and your spirituality. Just go on over to my Instagram at Leah Van Doren. That's L-E-Y-A-V-A-N-D-O-R-E-N and send me a screenshot of your review and I will send over the meditation and I would love to hear your thoughts. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul.